2: now
4: Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Red Pill News Live. Joining me tonight are some citizen auditors from Texas, a couple of ladies I met at Mike Lindell's Moment of Truth, Jennifer Snyder, Lori Gallagher, also Dr. Walter Doherty is going to be joining us in just a few minutes. We are going to be talking with these fine folks, these patriotic Americans, about the efforts that they're engaging in, in both their county and the state of Texas, to try to get rid of electronic voting machines and so much more. It is a lot bigger than just the machines. I think we all realize that now. Do me a favor, if you wouldn't mind, please consider hitting the like button, share the show, hit that red pill if you're over there on the foxhole. Share a link to Twitter, Truth Social, Gab, Getter, Parler if you're still there, Telegram, put it on Facebook. I don't care. Either way. We are also going to be talking about an event that is happening this Saturday. I'm going to be hosting my first Twitter spaces with this group. And a couple of other big names in the election integrity space are going to be there as well. Mike Lindell, Dr. Doug Frank and plenty of other people. So you're going to want to tune into that. If for some reason you are banned on Twitter, you can still go in with your account and listen to the space. Do me a favor. Sit back, relax, grab your popcorn. We're going to be right back after this. All right. Good afternoon or good evening to everyone out there. Thank you so much for being here with us. And please join me in welcoming Lori and I'm sorry, you're you're <laughs> Lori and Jen, was it? yes, yes. yes. Okay. Lori and Jen. My notes are behind the, the video screen right now. And I just realized that I can't <laughs> go away from it. Lori and Jen, they, they, I'm, ladies, I'm so sorry. Thank you for being here. I choked, but I appreciate you joining us. It's good
5: to see, see you again and good to be with you again, Zach.
4: Absolutely. And uh, so we met, as I said, at Mike Lindell's Moment of Truth. And uh, what I'd like to do initially is to kind of uh, uh, kind of retell the story to everybody. Let's give them a brief synopsis of uh, what you discovered in your county and uh, and the, the actions subsequently. And then, of course, the fallout that happened as well.
5: Um. Okay, so I, I was a new person to uh, social media as my children got older. I'm a, a mother of four, stay-at-home mama for a uh, realtor. And uh, as my children got older, I used Facebook. And um, at right around November 5th, 2020, voters uh, in a lot of the groups that I was uh, in started saying they were getting the wrong ballot. And I started noticing it happening uh, on various social media platforms. Uh, voters across the county were saying, Hey, the candidates that I was supposed to get were not on my ballot. And so um, this is where how that was, this is how we got into uh, citizen auditing and uh, performing public information act requests. So uh, in Texas, there, we have public information act requests that allow us to access pretty much every record in our election. You don't need to have uh, the Texas legislature pass a bill uh, to say, oh, we're going to audit. Uh, citizens have the right to uh, request their election records. And so we did that And on November 30th. Uh, we requested our records and confirmed that our elections were unknowable and unrecoverable. Um, We're not credentialed in uh, cyber (laughs) uh, into e-voting systems or computer science or uh, anything. So uh, to make a claim like your elections are unknowable and unrecoverable was a very it was a big claim. And so it took us uh, two two years and uh, we have been vindicated. Uh, Andrew Appel from Princeton University just published an article on his blog uh, called freedom to tinker. And uh, he validated and confirmed by looking at election records that indeed our elections in Williamson County, uh, at least for this one malfunction, uh, county county wide and below like County commissioners, all the County commissioners sport races, uh, the justice of the peace, the constables, the uh, district judges, all the bonds, billions of dollars worth of school bonds, uh, are unknowable and unrecoverable because of software failures, uh, 10X, uh, poll book, software system, uh, equipment experienced. So um, this has been our, our journey in a world of there's no evidence of widespread election fraud. Uh, we have had to try to uh, navigate our First Amendment rights being stripped. And, um and try to get the word out and you Zach were the first person in the nation uh, and it was your interview at the Truth Summit, Mike Lindell's Truth Summit that caught the eye of uh, Andrew Appel, who is also the one of the co-founders of verifiedvoting.org, uh, which I believe is probably the top uh, election integrity resource for citizen auditors um so anyways it was sure thank you so much for being willing to have us on here and uh tell a little bit about this uh journey uh we really we
4: appreciate it well uh, thank you very much for allowing me to be a part of this now jen similarly were you non-political were you not in this realm until this kind of all went down in your county
6: Yeah. I, in fact, I'm from Michigan originally and I'm down here in Texas and um, it just, you know, it bothered me. I I knew when the 2020 election happened, you know, everyone sort of had that gut feeling like this is not right. Everyone, you know, knew. And um, so then we just all were floating everywhere on social media and we happened to come together and we've been fighting ever since. Um, We, Lori and I have been petitioning our local government for the since the 2020 election, and these people they have all the same information that Lori and I have been discovering, and they will not hear it. They will not listen to this. But yet, when Andrew Appel sees one aspect of this failed election, he seizes right right on it and sees the magnitude of it. Yet our elected officials, supposedly, they will not. They will not listen to us and they're supposed to be representing
4: us. Well, and, and so that's, the, that's the thing right there. I mean, Lori, you said before, I, I mean, that you you found out based upon the information provided by your county that your election was unreliable. You couldn't trust anything. They didn't even know for sure, you know, how many votes there were or who had actually won or if those bonds had passed. They just allowed it all to slide right through. And so, you know, you may not be accredited, but man, I bet everybody knows how to do basic math, right? Well, it's benefiting yeah. them, mm-hmm.
6: so they're not—they're—they're they're basically in the position of policing themselves. Yes. So they're not going to do anything about it because they might find out that they're not even elected.
4: <laughs> exactly, so. exactly, Lori. What <laughs> were you going to say?
6: Um, you know, the system
5: has moved to protect itself, and when a when a system ha- doesn't have the ballot box for accountability, uh, you can have no confidence. This journey has led us to look. Uh, further into electronic voting systems in general, and we're not sure how these things ever got approved to be used uh, to be responsible for all the power, the political power of the people in the entire nation. Uh, The software is not trustworthy, and it's very uh, complex. The average voter, um, you know, they can't understand. It took took Andrew Appel from Princeton University, an expert, one, to have the courage and the Resources to publish something like this. Uh, He did prepare to, uh, with an attorney, to make sure that ESNS wouldn't sue him for anything. And so um, that's been another big thing, Zach. You uh, have been brave to bring the truth. And uh, when these big tech companies and big uh, voting system companies threaten news organizations like Fox News, uh, they sued them for a billion. Mike Lindell was sued, I think, for a billion by Dominion. Uh, es s uh, Andrew Appel writes about es uh, sending a cease and desist order to a citizen auditor in New York, uh, telling them that they, they would sue them for defamation. And so you have these uh, very large organizations and entities that are moving to protect themselves because they benefit, yet the citizens are not benefiting from software that is malfunctioning, and prone to manipulation and so um it's been it's been pretty eye-opening to look at all the records to look at registered ballot forms chain of custody qualified voter files standard affidavit forms uh testimony from poll workers and election workers that these systems were failing and our election administrator knew that they were malfunctioning and instead of saying you know what these systems are an epic failure. Countywide voting was a horrible idea. This is not good to network all these computers together. Uh, you know, we're going to we're going to change systems. We're going to get rid of these things and we're going to go back to, you know, a, a handmarked paper ballot that that would have solved all of this. Mm-hmm. If, if yeah. he had said, whoa, you know, this failed, this election failed catastrophically. It was worse than I thought. But instead, he lied under oath on November 10th to the 425th District Court. He told that court that no voter received the wrong ballot. And we now know that an unknown, potentially every single voter, except the first voter of the day, could have been voting on the previous voter's duplicated ballot. Uh, you and guys- so instead of...
4: Dr. Doherty just popped into the Zoom call. So I'm going to go ahead and let him in and then we can introduce him to the audience as well. And then I I want you to finish up with your thought there. Uh, Joining us now is Dr. Walter Doherty. Doctor, how are you today, sir? Hey, how are you? Good to be with you. Excellent. Uh, pleasure to meet you for the first time. My name is Zach Payne. You, of course, are already uh, affiliated and uh, and know very well. The ladies on screen with me right now, Lori and Jen. Uh, Lori was just uh, kind of pontificating on uh, a, a lie that was told in court uh, by one of your election administrators. Who was that man and what was his position and did anything come of him perjuring himself?
5: Um, so this is Christopher Davis, and he, in the past, has been the Texas Association of Election Administrators uh, legislative expert. He was called in during the 87th legislative session. Uh, the citizens that were e-voting system injured were there uh, to testify and tell about our systems. This, is, this happened across Texas um, to talk about this stuff, and Christopher Davis was there to Uh, as an expert on behalf of all the election administrators to try to stop any Republican uh, priority legislation regarding election integrity. So Christopher Davis is, I would say, one of the top out of the 254. Uh, Some of the some of the counties don't have election administrators. Some are very small. Uh, There's only seven counties in Texas that are over a million in population. Uh, Williamson is one of the top 13. Uh, In population, but um, this election administrator has a lot of power. He's taken uh, all the power from the county clerk, except uh, some some board powers. And uh, we he nothing has happened to him. Uh, He's praised at county commissioner's court. And um, yeah, so nothing yet has happened to him. We're actively uh, calling for his removal uh, from election administration in Texas. I'm sure he could go work for a voting system company (laughs) and uh, we're trying to get a new election (laughs) administrator
6: um, in place. And so, um, yeah, he's extremely arrogant and hostile to voters. If you confront him, Uh, Lori has some video of him yelling at her. Even he's he's something else.
4: Lori, is that some of the videos that you sent me uh, on Telegram?
5: Yes, and I think I I sent those to you, but I also have citizen auditors from the um, November 2023 election. Uh, He was very confrontational with them. There was a citizen auditor that wanted a signature verification for all the mail-in ballots in their area, and he called her in afterwards and told her, don't you ever do this again. And so there's some intimidation. Uh, This guy should be fired. Um, and, but the, you know, he's got power over the election system. You know, I'm sure there's a threat. He'll, you'll get glitched out or you'll be, you know, malfunctioned out of office if you talk bad about the election administrator. Mm -hmm. But this guy, um, he should be, uh, investigated for committing a state felony in Texas, lying about an election matter, uh, is a state felony. Uh, he has destroyed all confidence in our election system. And he should be held
4: accountable. And uh, we
5: deserve better than this.
4: So certainly, certainly. Well, listen, uh, Dr. Darty. since you've just joined us, uh, please uh, introduce yourself to the audience. Tell me what your background is and how you came to be involved with uh, with these ladies in this uh, movement to clean up elections in Texas.
7: Good. Good. Um... My undergraduate degree was in mathematics, and my graduate degrees uh, at Harvard were in mathematical education. Back then, there weren't any computer science departments, so I guess I was a computer pioneer and didn't realize it at the time. So at Harvard, my computer classes were in the Department of Applied Mathematics in the Division of Engineering and Applied Physics. So they abbreviated it as Apple Math. Um, uh, then I did computer consulting For major national and international companies Government agencies, including classified work um, Started teaching at the university level The last 32 years of that teaching career Were at Texas AM University and College Station, Texas um, Then after I retired in 2019 We had an election in 2020 and I had a friend who was running
4: for county office in Arizona. Oh, did he freeze? I think he's frozen. Yeah. I was waiting. I didn't want to step on his audio channel if he came right back. All right. Oh, Dr. Dirty. Okay, well hopefully well, I think what <laughs> go, he, go ahead. Go ahead.
5: I think what he was gonna talk about is um he he got called in to um get the machines out in Arizona. I think it was Arizona, um, but he's been going state to state and uh, he's a credentialed expert. So a uh, stay-at-home mom of four realtor, <laughs> you know, goes only so far when you're talking about complex systems like this. And uh, Dr. Daughtry has stepped up to the plate and is able to uh, be that credentialed expert that uh, we need to explain uh, why these machines get, have to go. So. Excellent. Um, he's an, he's a wonderful, he was at truth summit with us. I don't know if you got to interview him there.
4: I did not know.
5: Did you see him? No, So he was on the stage, um, with Clint Curtis. And, uh, I wish, uh, Clint Curtis could join us on Saturday because his testimony, he was like the guy that wrote the, he's like the guy that was hired to write to algorithm to flip votes. Oh, wow. And so, um, You know, I feel like we've been deceived by the voting system vendors. They've told the American public that their systems are secure. uh, And in fact, they are insecurable. And um, they've been caught trying to subvert um, our laws, the EAC's uh, requirements and certification. And Texas has even, Texas is supposed to to be, you know, an example of election integrity. Uh, Heritage Foundation ranks Texas as number six, oh, there's Dr. D uh, as number six. But here we have unknowable and unrecoverable elections in a county, uh, and we were redistricted off of this botched election. You know, those results decided who our representatives are going to be for the next ten years, and so this is this is significant and impactful. But uh, now that Dr. D's back, uh, good to see you, Doc.
7: Um. Apparently, somebody didn't want me talking on that Blakey Internet (laughs) Connection. uh,
4: It happens often on this show with with matters of great importance. So I'm not surprised.
7: (laughs) Well, you know, I uh, move back and forth on the uh, spectrum between prudent and paranoid. Uh, But uh, I'm not sure at what point I got cut off. But uh, I had a, a friend who ran for county office in Arizona. And I said, when you after the election, you know, get me some data so I can look at it. I'm a math and computer guy. And I looked at it and I said, you know, this was manipulated and uh, you should dig into this. And he said, oh, no, our elections are perfectly fair. Uh, although he had told me prior to the November 2020 election that in the process of his volunteers going door to door and campaigning for him, about 20% of the names on the voter rolls did not live at that address. Mm
0: -hmm.
7: So he knew there were a lot of uh, people on the registered voter roll that did not live at those addresses. Um, And, of course, Arizona is uh, adjacent to uh, Mexico, and so there have been longstanding reports about money coming in from the cartels in Mexico to Mm -hmm. influence elections because – if Arizona were to clamp down, that would put a dent in, in, in their business. Absolutely. So uh, Absolutely. after I found that manipulation in his race, I decided to look at the other races. This was Pina County, Arizona. And it turns out that every single race shows exactly the same manipulation. Mm-hmm. And it didn't matter if it was a Republican who won at the end of the election or a Democrat who won at the end of the election. The same manipulated graph came out. And so to to summarize it briefly, just looking at the mail-in votes in Arizona and many other states, their mail-in votes are not sorted. There are a few states that sort them by precinct before they count the mail-in votes. But Arizona does not sort them. And so what that means is that the mail-in votes should be completely random. So a voter requested a ballot. It took a random amount of time going through the Postal Service to get there. It took a random amount of time for the county to send a ballot out. It took a random amount of time through the Postal Service to get there. It sat on the kitchen table a random amount of time. The voter said, oh, I need to fill this out and send it in. It took a random amount of time to get back. And so if you plot the cumulative ratio of one candidate to another as the votes are counted, what you ought to see is some oscillation at the beginning because of the small number of votes. Mm -hmm. So let's just look at Biden and Trump. Let's say the first four votes were for Biden. Well, four out of four, he's got 100%. But now if the fifth vote is for Trump, now Biden drops to four out of five, he drops to 80%, which is one-fifth less, 20% less. So the fifth vote can change the cumulative ratio by at most one-fifth. Mm-hmm. The 500th vote can change the ratio by at most one 500th and the 50,000th vote by at most one And so what that means is what the curve ought to look like for a random uh, collection of ballots is wiggle, wiggle, wiggle at the beginning and then basically flat all the way to the election day. Instead, what it looked like after the initial oscillation, after about 10 percent of the votes were counted, Biden to Trump cumulative ratio was 3.3 to 1 and then systematically declined 3.2, 3.0, 2.9, 2.8, all the way to 1.57 at election day. That can't happen with a random sample. And it was exactly the same curve in every single race, president, Senate, board of supervisors, county sheriff, every single race had exactly the same curve. They were all manipulated.
4: Have you taken? Uh, so this... Go ahead, Laurie. Say it again.
5: So this, uh, you know, this may be why uh, Christopher Davis didn't care that uh, potentially every voter was voting on a previous voter's duplicated ballot. I mean, I don't. Uh, it's a. It's a the theory right now. It, they're so complex to. Uh, this is Walter, you're saying, Dr. D, you're saying the, this is st- statistically impossible or statistically improbable or, you know, what degree are you able to say uh, the the CBR analysis? And that's what we're analyzing here is the CBR data, correct?
7: Yes, it is. Uh, yes. Yeah,
5: so this, okay. this cast vote record for those that don't know what. CVR stands for that is the cast vote record, and Dr. D is saying that it's an unnatural, um, an unnatural
7: distribution of votes,
5: uh, and it shows
7: manipulation. Right now, when you ask, is it mathematically impossible or statistically impossible? The answer is no, but it is so improbable that you wouldn't bet on it. So let me give you an example of something that's not impossible, but that you wouldn't bet on. So let's say we're flipping quarters. Uh, Heads I win, tails you win. So I flip the quarter and it comes up heads. I win. I flip it again. Heads. I flip it again. Heads. So I get five heads in a row. Can that happen? Absolutely. In fact, you can calculate that if you flip the coin five times, and did it thousands of times? On average, he would come up five heads in a row, one out of thirty-two times, which is about three percent of the time it would come up one out, it would come up five heads in a row. But now suppose we keep flipping and it keeps coming up heads. At some point, you're going to stop betting on it. Could a hundred heads in a row come up? in a fair coin toss? Yes. And I can calculate the exact probability. It's one over two to the hundredth, which is an extremely small number. It's not zero. It can happen. But nobody in their right mind would bet on it. At some point after, I don't know, 10 heads in a row. You'd say, I'm not playing this game anymore. Uh, maybe you have a trick thumb that when you flip it up in the air, it's not really flipping over. It's just kind of wobbling and always coming down heads. Or maybe the coin has head on both sides. But you say, uh, I'm not going to bet on this. And so in the case of the, the unnatural progression of the cumulative ratio of candidates that I saw, there should be fluctuation one batch of votes to the next, but it shouldn't be predictable. Fair elections aren't predictable and predictable elections aren't fair. So in the case of Arizona in Pima County in 2020, after the first 10% or so of votes, the next 25,000 votes was 74% for Biden. The next 25,000 was 73%. The next 25,000 was 72%. Well, a block of 74% for Biden is not unreasonable, given the final outcome. But the next block of 25,000 might be more than 75% for Biden or less. It shouldn't be exactly 1% less for every single block. Mm -hmm. And so that's about like betting on the next flip of a coin uh, hundreds of times in a row and always winning so the chances uh, the chances of it's happening in a fair election are are essentially zero
4: dr d let me ask you this were you able to look at uh, any of the uh, the vote records from other counties in arizona uh, or perhaps counties there in texas uh, did you and if so did you see the exact same type of odd uh, statistical anomalies <sighs>
7: Yes, I did. I've done this same analysis on about 35 counties across the country right now. And I would say off the top of my head, at least 95% of them show the same manipulation. And it doesn't matter the vendor. So Pima is ES&S, which is widely used in Texas, uh, along with HART, InterCivic, Maricopa County is Dominion. Uh, Yamhill County, Oregon, I think, is um, part intercivic. And so, Jeff O'Donnell uh, found a county with uh, using clear ballot. So, with different vendors, different races, different counties, different states, to see exactly the same curve is just unbelievable
4: in in the counties where those that 5% of the counties where you didn't identify the exact same type of pattern did you think that those were uh, a genuine distribution something that you would see organically or was there another type of patterning that you were able to identify
7: well in the there was one county in Texas that had the the expected cumulative curve of okay uh, fluctuations at the beginning and then flat as the relatively flat as the, the curve pr- proceeded however the citizen auditors in that county found that there were lots of people on the voting rolls who voted who didn't exist mm. and so there were other problems i didn't personally find other problems but so it's it's not a matter of every manipulated election is manipulated exactly the same way it's kind of like a it's kind of like a menu so one way to cheat (laughs) is to have more votes than voters yeah another way to cheat is to throw away mail-in ballots from districts that are leaning the way the opposite way of the candidate you want to win. Mm-hmm. Another way to cheat is throw away ballots after you've counted them and made an unofficial count, and it wasn't what you wanted, so you throw away some, or you can manufacture some more. So there's a long menu of, of ways to cheat, and different um, jurisdictions seem to have used different combinations of those. But the the manipulation that I described in terms of what should have been uh, a random distribution leading to a flat cumulative curve um, occurred in about 95% of the counties I've looked at across the country.
4: That's fascinating. I I was going to suggest a a playbook. You know, like they've got uh, 10 or 15 different plays that they can go with, and if they need to, they can.
2: Order now
1: fighterflare.com.
4: And add or subtract as they're uh, running down the field, depending on you know what the actual votes are as they start to count them. Um, So, so, so here's the the question. The
7: other basis for yeah, the other basis for uh, for picking one method of cheating over another is the likelihood of getting caught.
4: There you go.
7: So we had um, a um, speaker's day at the Texas Capitol uh, at. January 21st. And one of the audience uh, asked me, you know, what should we look for in the next election? And I said, look most closely at whatever they don't want you to look at. So if they don't want you to look at the signatures, like Laurie mentioned, then look at the signatures. If they don't want you to look and see if the machines are connected to the internet, then that's what you need to look at. So because obviously it's a it's a risk management situation is that the people who want to cheat are going to cheat in the way that is least likely to be detected and most likely to have the, the desired impact.
4: Certainly. So did you have an opportunity to uh, uh, examine any of the data from the 2022 midterm? Uh, I'd be very interested to see if the uh, pattern just continued on.
3: I
7: would like to, but many jurisdictions have refused to turn over the cast vote records. Uh So here again is an example of when they, whoever they is, realized that the cast vote record would enable detection of some types of manipulation. And there's a point I need to make about this. Uh, There are many different types of audits and cross-checks. So one is a hand recount. But if you have counterfeit ballots, it doesn't matter how many times you count them, you're going to get the same number and it's not going to be an accurate election. Mm -hmm. So most types of audit only look at the final total. So a risk limiting audit or a hand count or a recount just looks at the final total and that won't catch manipulation i described because it depends on the sequence of counting Mm -hmm. so once that sequence of counting revealed that type of manipulation then many jurisdictions now which freely supplied the cast vote records not not all i mean a lot of jurisdictions balked but a lot of so travis county texas which is where the capital austin is just south of where laurie is and in williamson county actually posted the cast vote record online on their website for 2020 so anybody can go look because there's no personal information it's just line one says ballot one voted this way line two says ballot two voted this way but you have no idea who cast ballot one or or ballot two so they they posted it online in 2020 now in 2022 they say oh no you can't have that and so in our Uh, Grand Twitter space tomorrow, I'm going to go into a lot more detail about how Harris County has balked at supplying the guest vote record for 2022 and has even joined the lawsuit with Williamson County and Tarrant County against the Attorney General who ruled that we could have access to the guest vote records.
4: Uh, You guys, we have to take a break for the second half of the show. But when we come back on the other side, I want to talk about this lawsuit and your efforts. So we'll be right back after this. What can I say? When you're right, you're right. It absolutely works. So I can't, I can't recommend it to my audience enough. All right. So let's talk about this lawsuit. Ken Paxton. uh, I love Ken Paxton. He's done a lot of great things while he's been working for the people of Texas. Um, But it's, uh, it's odd. It's interesting that the state government would say, "Hey." Go at it. You guys should have access to this information. And and the lower level governments are saying absolutely not. Uh, doesn't he have some overarching legal powers that could force them into this? Or is it going to require going through the process of this lawsuit?
7: Well, it's complicated. Uh, here... Yes. Go ahead, Walter. Uh, let me just give a background and then... Laurie, uh, give specifics about about Williamson County. So the legislature passes laws and the laws say you can or can't do certain things. But then a case comes up that wasn't spelled out in the law. And so whoever is responsible, typically a county official or an elected official, will then ask the attorney general what his interpretation of the law is until it is decided in the court or by the legislature adding to it. So let me just make an example. Say there's a city ordinance that says no motorized vehicles allowed in the park, $100 fine. And some kid comes in on an electric skateboard and the policeman stops him and says, didn't you see the sign? No motorized vehicles in the park. That's a $100 fine. And the kid says, this isn't a motorized vehicle, it's a skateboard. Well, somebody has to decide, does motorized vehicle include skateboards or not? So what the county attorney could do is ask the attorney general for an opinion. Now, this is a loaded word, because in ordinary English, opinion means, well, I think so, but I could be wrong. When it comes to an attorney general's opinion, an attorney general's opinion has the force of law until one of several things happens. Either the attorney general withdraws it or modifies it, or a court overrules it or modifies it, or the legislature changes the law and adds a clause that says the term motorized vehicle does not include electric skateboards. Now, what some counties have done when we have given them Ken Paxton, the Attorney General of Texas's opinion that citizens have a right to inspect the ballots and to obtain the cast vote records, the county officials have said, well, that's just an opinion and we don't have to follow it.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well,
7: Lori, uh, tell him what's happened. Today. Okay.
5: So it, I think it's important to say uh, we received the um, our first round of Public Information Act request uh, occurred November 30th, 2020, through uh, February. And that's where we received a large uh, bulk. And then um, we, when we met up with the Lindell team and uh, Dr. Doctory e and all of them, everybody was pushing for the ballot images and the CVRs, these cast vote records. And the counties gave us the cash vote record and ballot images. Williamson County gave citizen requesters these documents. And after uh, experts and credentialed uh, data and data scientists looked at the data, it didn't match the other records. And so then the county moves to protect itself and um, and has restricted us accessing the records because the records are showing that the e-voting system software is in violation of Texas election code. And so the system's moving to protect itself because the implications of these malfunctions and manipulations that are being discovered in in other records, these aren't like a recount. Oh, we're going to do a recount. That doesn't matter. When you get the register of ballot forms, when you get the um, qualified voter file, when you get the tech support hotline log, that documents every malfunction that a poll worker couldn't solve on their own uh, that happened with one of the three stations in a voting center. Uh, when you start getting these types of records and looking at what's transpiring, you have voters uh, that watch their vote flip right before their eyes, and and then all the news media in lockstep says, "Oh, it's the stupid voter." You know, the voter did something wrong. Oh, every election season, voters start saying they saw their uh, vote flip. Well, experts like Andrew Appel, these are leftist leaning academic organizations that have written uh, uh, papers and scientific papers that say that you cannot know the will of a voter from a ballot marking device because they're insecure and that they, they can experience manipulation very easily. And so you have all these systems that we've been sold on. And in Texas, I think there's only 11% that are hand marked paper ballots uh, in the voting precinct. Um, These electronic voting systems are not secure from undetected access and manipulation. So I think that's what these records are showing. And now, because we're able to, we don't need an audit bill. We don't, we, the people, are allowed to look at our records and the Texas Secretary of State has a list of all the records that is, and it's almost every election record that includes machine logs, audit logs, media logs, uh, communications, emails. We received uh, the electronic correspondence between the election administrator uh, and uh, 10X poll book software systems with ESNS. We received all their internal communications talking about these failures. In these problems And so citizens don't need Their Texas legislature In Texas you don't need your legis- legislature To pass a bill You can perform a citizen audit On your own and now uh, We've built a network with like Dr. D Dr. Frank uh, Colonel Sean Smith Jeff O'Donnell um, All the guys you know Captain K That pr- provide an extra level of expertise
6: To help citizens uh, Connect the dots um, yeah, but that's one of the problems, Zach. Is that people really weren't looking at this before the twenty twenty election. Nobody really cared about elections. Everybody just went and pressed <laughs> the button, and, and you know they, I voted. They got their sticker, and so now everybody is like. You know, they got Mike Lindell on there telling millions of people, go get your CVRs, and they are getting flooded, and they are afraid. And so that's why we think now, especially the <laughs> bigger counties like Tarrant and Harris, um, are, they're banning together. They want to set a precedent, now like, oh, crap, we can't let the citizens see their records. They might figure out what we're doing, or they might find out that these systems are not secure, or that they're not, you know, they don't have... The security measures that they're supposed to have, they're not certified, all kinds of problems. And so that's why we think that these counties are sort of banding together and and pushing back. They all have, you know, similar sue strategies, similar lawyer. Um, yeah, they're trying to sue Paxton so that they don't have to give citizens the records.
4: Well, it makes sense that they would be banding together on this. I mean, if it, it, you know, as we saw in Arizona, uh, it appears to be the same playbook all across the state. Uh, Looks like they're doing that in Texas as well. I mean, if they're if. All of these various counties are getting together and saying, hey, you know what, guys, rather than giving them the information, let's fight it to stop them from shutting up about whether or not our election is secure. We're not even going to let them take a look at it. I mean, that just reeks of self-interest and uh, of their lack of desire to represent the will of the people. I I mean, you know, if their if their number one goal is to just make us shut up about whether or not our elections are free and fair. Then just give us the data. Let's take a look yeah. because you're That's not doing the work. Right. You know, ha- let, allow us to do it. We'll do it. We'll That's pay right. for it ourselves. We will rent the space That's out. Right. We'll everybody that we know will get together in a room in a single night. People can That's have right. a party, so to speak, you know, make a barbecue right. and you can check it out and we'll tell you whether or not the elections are free and fair. They can't have That's that. Exactly. They know what
7: they're
5: doing. No. No. That's exactly right, and um, and putting it on the website, Andrew Appel. When I was telling him, our problem is teaching citizens these systems are so complex as they are. But the system that's already in place in Texas, there at Texas uh, Election Code Chapter sixty five, there is already a hand uh, uh, counted ballot method approved by the Secretary of State. All these systems uh, that the Attorney General and the Secretary of State can decertify. All Title A electronic voting systems with a pen and a paragraph. There is a voting system that is uh, fantastic and secure already enshrined in our election code. And so there isn't, there isn't a need to reinvent the wheel. Uh, We tried electronic voting for the last 20 years since 2002. And, um, and as you've seen this roll out, we, we the people fell asleep at the wheel. And gave all of our political power over to software that cannot be trusted uh, to uh, conduct our elections.
4: Absolutely, so agree it's our you. fault. We, yeah. we
5: fell asleep, but um, we should put it all the data on the website. Let
6: all the citizens access and it. They, they want more electronics. electronics in our elections. Mm-hmm. Ohio trying to do internet voting, like internet voting. It's a recipe for disaster.
4: (laughs) (laughs) You know, they can't keep it straight right now. So, of course, I mean, that's that's part of their playbook as well. I mean, they got to make things overly complicated. So it's more difficult to pin down exactly what's wrong. I mean, as it stands right now, you've got, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F and G, all of these different ways that they can inject votes into the system and confuse and obfuscate. And then they can just tell you whatever it is they want you to believe and they expect you to just buy it. Um, So with this election, excuse me, with this lawsuit, rather, uh, against Ken Paxton, uh, uh, when do we have court dates scheduled? How how soon should it be before we'll know whether or not the attorney general will have his say? Um,
5: We're not sure right now. We did see a response from the AG's office. It looks like Assistant Attorney General Clay Watkins uh, was added as the counsel representing the state. And um, we are trying, we can, we have the ability to, because it was our request, uh, we were the original requester. Uh, this is for my husband's campaign uh, for county judge in the primary. We're still trying to get the election records from the primary race. And our 2020 election records showed complete catastrophic failure, unknowable and unrecoverable elections. When we went to go get the records for the March 2022 primary, The county is moving to protect itself and refuses to release those records. So because we're the original requesters, we have uh, standing to intervene in this case. We do have a a legal fundraiser that we're asking Texans to help us. We have an attorney and um, I'll post that in the link below this chat later if anybody wants to chip in. We're hoping to um, raise $5,000 so that we can represent the people and make sure that we retain our right to access election records analyze the ballot images, and look at the CVRs uh, like Dr. Doctry has been doing and um, so that we can uh, prove our case to get these machines out. Uh,
4: as as we should. Uh, you guys, we have about 10 minutes left, so I want to make sure that we talk about the event that's coming up this weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. I, we're going to be hosting a Twitter space on my Twitter account, uh, at RedPill78, um, but it's my understanding, this is like an in-person event too, though, isn't it? Or is this is that a different event that you sent me a flyer for?
5: No, that's a different event. Okay. Uh, I will be uh, I will be at our church, broadcasting from the uh, choir room, and there will be attendees there. Uh, but this will we will all be um, uh, Mike Lindell, uh, Jeff O'Donnell, uh, Colonel Sean Smith, of course, Doctor Frank and Doctor D are going to be leading uh, with you uh, the conversation. Uh, But it's supposed to who knows who will pop in. It's supposed to be a great uh, focus on this citizen auditor movement and the inspiration. Dr. Daughtry, Dr. Frank uh, and Mike Lindell uh, have been to the entire country uh, to us, regular people who are just wanting our our vote to count and uh, wanting to get these uh, machines out so we can have confidence again. So it's going to be great.
4: I'm looking forward to it and I hope you guys are as well. Let me ask you this, you know I mean as we've stated many times in the past, you know i mean this is this this is a a big ball of yarn that we've got to untangle. It didn't happen overnight. they have slowly instituted all of these rules and regulations and policies and machines gradually over time, so that uh it, to to remake the system and just go back to something simple it appears to be just uh, unnecessarily complicated and and they obviously don't want us to be able to do that, so it's going to take some time to get us to a point where we feel we can trust these elections. And there's a lot of stuff we got to do in the meantime. What would you guys recommend to people who are home watching tonight uh, who might want to go about setting up something like you guys have there in Texas so that they can start demanding accountability for themselves?
5: Uh, I'd recommend that they go, if, they're, if you're a Texan, I recommend that you go to texasfirst.org and watch the um, hearings. Uh, Senator Hall brought in Clint Curtis and some other experts, Dr. D, there, and uh, talked about uh, how much we can trust these uh, software systems. And then I'd also recommend that you go to causeofamerica.org and sign up to receive alerts there. Uh, This Saturday, after our event, we're going to release a um, template that any citizen, you don't need to join a group, you don't need to join any party. Um, we recommend. We're actually wanting Democrats. We're hoping uh, more. Jennifer's a former Democrat. Uh, we're hoping more Democrats, more independents, uh, <laughs> will want to will want to uh, jump in and to be a citizen auditor and request these records from home and and pick pick your passion uh, when it comes to voter rolls or getting emails. Uh, but we need more eyes on our elections, and we need. No matter your party affiliation, um, Texas needs you uh, to step up and help us uh, restore integrity uh, to our system. So I recommend going to uh, causeofamerica.org, texasfirst.org as well. Uh, We'll have resources on there, resolutions. If you're uh, a party person, whether you could copy it if you're a Democrat, too, it's the same, uh, same thing. But I think that this is the issue that can unite Republican, Democrats, independents, libertarians, I think we all want our vote to count, and when you really look at the records for yourself and you start seeing that uh, check-in numbers on the poll pads don't match uh, other records that they're supposed to, when you see CBRs are statistically impossible, okay, improbable, when you see patterns in the voter registration like Dr. Frank does, when you start seeing all these things for yourself, you you're like, I can't believe that we ever trusted these systems to uh, be in 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 charge or responsible for all the political power of the people. Uh, we're nothing without our vote counting. Our identity is gone. Democracy is dead. Um, so this this is the cause of America. And I think Mike Lindell is uh, a godsend for this, and uh, Dr. D and all of our uh, citizen experts that have jumped into this battle uh, for for Texas and the nation. So.
6: There's also a lot of resources right on your county pages. Um, Lori and I started going to the county court every Tuesday, and you can stand and talk. They have to let you talk. They they don't listen, but <laughs> you can talk. But um, a lot of them will even videotape the meeting so you can see what goes on. And it's not just election stuff that goes on in there. When they shut their county, when they shut the country down for COVID, it happened in the counties. Your counties all did that. Um, all of the. Uh, health mandates and stuff that they want to do. That all comes through the county. There's a lot of stuff that comes through that county. So if people are interested in being vigilant citizens, they need to start at their county courts.
5: Yeah, and you usually can watch them online. Uh, Get a friend, get a buddy. Uh, Civics is not politics. And uh, in our country, I think we've gone far thinking that uh, participating at your county commissioner's court is political But this has to do with where your money's being spent, how it's being spent. And right now, you cannot be confident in Texas that you can primary or vote out somebody that's in office right now, whether it's malfunction or manipulation. uh, All confidence is is lost in Texas until uh, these systems are decertified.
4: Let me ask you this, because I know that there will be people watching who think to themselves and maybe even say in the chat, you know, well, all you guys have done is spell out how we can't trust the election system, so why should we bother to vote anymore? Uh, Has what you've learned and what you've experienced uh, at all quelled your desire to continue uh, remaining a part of this system and trying to see it through to a a fair and equal system of elections in America?
5: Hmm. Uh, I went through that phase where I felt like I was a former voter. Den remembers that. And mm-hmm. I felt like, what's the point? We're the ones propping the system up. We're the ones getting out the vote on a voting system that can't be trusted. Mm-hmm. If what if we just stop? The incumbents yeah. aren't even camp they're not even campaigning. And I mean, we are just about hard. both parties too. Mm-hmm. It's both parties. There's not a live vote. We don't even know if Democrats get together in Williamson County. We didn't see any evidence <laughs> of any <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sadly, Not a one. <laughs> I mean, we're like we don't even know if they exist. We think that there's like a small handful somewhere, but the even on our side, you know, even on our side, um, people people have been injured by the uh, by the psychological uh, warfare that we've experienced, mm-hmm. uh, but they're coming out of it, and we want Democrats, Republicans, Independents. We want everybody to be requesting their election records, learning about how their election process works from the Texas secretary of state's website and learning about their own County. And uh, they they can put it on historical record, get to that lectern, talk about your concerns, talk about how you want those machines out, start putting it on on historical record.
6: If you don't vote, you can't complain.
4: There you go. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's so true. Dr. D. Let me ask you this. Um, Before you took a look at this information from the 2020 election, did you believe that our election system in America was uh, free and fair, or did you have an inkling that things were not necessarily on the up and up?
7: Well, like most people, I thought most of the time they were fair. We always hear about a few cases like uh, Lyndon Johnson's uh, election or whatever, where there was some skulldugger alleged, but basically we took that as being the exception Mm -hmm. and just sort of assumed that 98% of the time that the elections were fair. But as far as withdrawing from the system, we don't have any choice. If we don't fix it without honest elections, we don't have a country. Mm -hmm. We have to keep fighting this.
4: Yeah, I I would say that there is nothing more fundamental. I mean, without elections truly this nation isn't going to exist and uh, we have to have confidence in it. The only way we can maintain confidence in it and, uh, and and maintain the system itself is to participate in it and uh, perhaps to replace some of those failed and corrupt elected officials that we have right now. And uh, you know, how else can we do that unless we're showing up and getting our names out there and making connections and, and growing our networks. I mean, that's really the only way that I think that it's even going to work, you know, and you guys are right. I mean, you have to do it in your own home you have to do it in your own town in your own county all politics is local that's going to filter up at some point you know i mean you can begin to have an impact however small in your local vicinity and then hopefully it will spread out and uh you know it, this is also contagious i think too i mean these people see others that are working hard that are finding solutions you know that are chipping away at it Because there's no silver bullet. Nobody is going to wake up one morning and say, oh my gosh, by golly, I've fixed the election system, and that's it. You know, (laughs) I mean, it's not going to happen. No, I mean, this is going to be something gradual. That's the only way that I think it's going to happen. Um, all right, you guys, we are at the end of the program. I just need to say thank you to a couple of people. Stun Gun over on Rumble said, Hello, Patriots. And then over on the foxhole, uh, who cares? Said high five RP and RP fiance. All right, folks, uh, once again, 6 p.m. Saturday, uh, Eastern Standard Time here on, uh, not on this channel on Rumble, but on Twitter at RedPill78. I think I'm going to take the audio and then post it for people who don't have Twitter because I've already had people complain that they're not going to be able to listen to it. But if I could, uh, I'd like to go around and have everybody just uh, tell people in the audience where they can find you on social media if you'd like. Lori, let's start with you.
5: Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Lori on a farm. Or you can find me on Telegram, Texas Constitutionalist uh, chat. And, uh, yeah, those are
4: the the best places. All right. Awesome. Jen?
6: I'm also on Texas Constitutionalist. That's a page we run. Um, And you can find me on Twitter at JenX010.
4: Okay. Right on. And Dr. D?
7: I'm on Telegram as Dr. D presents. It's D-R-Underscore-D-Underscore-Presents.
4: All right. Don't you uh, have a brand new Twitter account you want to tell people about?
7: I do, but I keep forgetting
4: if it's Zoom Walter or Walter Zoom. <laughs> I think it's Zoom Walter. I got I got a cheat sheet before the show, so yeah, at Zoom Walter. All right, well, uh, I tagged each one of you on uh, Twitter when, uh, well, I tagged you in this show, but I'm going to share the spaces again, and I'll tag each of you in that, and so you'll have easy access to it. So I just want to say thank you to everybody for hanging out with us tonight. Thanks to each of you for your uh, individual and collective efforts to fix the elections both in texas and here in america and i look forward to speaking with you all again on saturday
5: thank you so much great to see you
4: Zach. All right. great to see you too thank good you. luck Sorry. everyone and god bless, god bless.